Welcome to A to Z Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan of A to Z Sports.com, our Titans reporter. And we are Nashville's on demand sports.network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. Also hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and threads for more great Titans content. We do have to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you like Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process by seeing them in Lebanon or online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Uh, Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans at fbhp.com slash atoz. The Aura app, protect your information online with a two-week free trial with our link, aura.com slash atoz. And Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations in the mid-state, Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro online at KrebsKubota.com. Sam, the Titans are losers of their fifth game of the season. Three and five is the record. 20 to 16, the final score. Sam, quick trivia. What's the points produced by the Tennessee Titans in their five losses so far this season? Can you get them off the top of your head uh, in rapid fire fashion? 15. Three. Ding. 17. Nope. Uh, I'm trying to think of the Ravens one. Uh, you, you're missing the skipping the Colts. Yeah, I'm, I, I was coming back to the Colts. Uh, so 16. Yep. 15. Three. Nope. 15. Three. And then 16 last night. Yep. Yeah. And then you're missing I, the two others. Uh, Colts was. I'll just help you out. Yeah, I'm, I'm lost. 16 yeah, I'm versus the Colts and 16 in London versus the Ravens. Oh, wow. It, it's okay. a trend. The last three losses, 16 points. And if you want to throw in the Saints at 15 points, when the Titans lose games, they can't get two touchdowns, Sam. <laughs> they have not been able to score two touchdowns in a game away from Nissan Stadium so far this season. Uh, and so offensive production is an issue, yes but there's a lot of reasons why the Titans lost that game last night to the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in a tough spot. Look, we, we talked about it on the pregame, the halftime, and the postgame show. Rookie quarterbacks in the last 20 years in Pittsburgh are now 1-21. Will Levis is now the newest member of the group of 21, and Dak Prescott uh, is still the champion of rookie quarterbacks winning in Pittsburgh, the only championship that Dak Prescott has won in his career. But uh, it's it's he's by himself in that one. So Will Levis has a chance, throws an interception, the first of his career uh, in uh, the end zone late with about 11 seconds left in that game. And Mike Vrabel was asked about the last sequence uh, in his press conference last night. Here's the Titans head coach. Yeah, I mean, you don't lose it late. You know, I mean, there's always other things that, that go into it, opportunities missed or their ability to, to make a play you know, when they needed to. It's good to see us, you know, continue to fight and get a stop, have an opportunity, you know, get the ball down there and you know, just trying to get it in the end zone, you know, which is what we had to do. And, uh, you know, they, they made the play. So that's Mike Vrabel's response when asked about the second to last drive of the game. No, no, that's the last drive of the game. Just the interception, how the okay. game ended. You don't lose it late. 
You know, they had opportunities earlier. We'll talk about them. But the Levis interception at the end that ended the game is not the reason why you lost the game is basically uh, what Mike Vrabel said uh, there at the end there, Sam. Yeah, I mean, nobody better be holding that interception against Will Levis. I don't think anybody really is. I, I mean, that's I haven't a, seen it. Yeah, it's a spot that you're tr- like Mike Vrabel said, you're, you know, running out of time with no timeouts. You're, you need the end zone. You do have to make some very aggressive decisions to try and force balls into windows and hope the defense makes a mistake kind of uh, in some of what you do there as a quarterback. Uh, I think Will Levis, and we talked about this a little bit last night, I think he showed me a lot and and just t- the Titans fans, Titans coaches a lot in the fact that they even got down the field. Uh, how many times have we seen the Titans come out? And we're like, all right, one drive here, one more drive. And I mean, it just doesn't go anywhere. You don't even get across midfield uh, before the turnover happens, before the, you know, the big sack happens that kills your drive. So positive to like move down into the red zone and actually make that game interesting uh at the end of the game but yeah i mean you don't really hold a, a last second interception no. like that against him i mean tight Kyle says 11 seconds that's just two aggressive shots at the end zone uh, right. i didn't i didn't mean to click on this but zo almighty says the o-line hasn't gotten better since 2021 which is true but uh we'll talk about some other things but i, I wanted to get to a couple stats because you you made me think sam yeah it's impressive to get down there especially with will levis and just his you know, second career game, you look at the short clock situations, the two drives that Levis had that are very much like litmus tests for how a quarterback is able to produce and got to have at moments. There was one 16 on the clock. You had all three timeouts uh, right before the half and you went eight plays, 57 yards and you kicked a field goal. We'll talk about the field goal decision. And it uh, was almost a touchdown if Tajay doesn't, doesn't yeah, and that's down. that's like, the uh, the picture right there on the graphic, right under Sam is Tajay just having that ball going right over his hands right there. So again, 56, 57 yards and eight plays and one sixteen right before half, having three timeouts and then only having what one timeout, uh, twelve plays, sixty six yards, a minute thirty eight, right in a in a down by four, half to score a touchdown on the road in Pittsburgh moment. The fact that Levis and this Titans offense was able to get down the field, I think is a, is very much a silver lining that you are allowed to take as a Titans fan while being disappointed in how this game went. Right. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, yeah, that was my part of my one word yesterday. And it was kind of related to this idea that there is a silver lining and uh, losing sucks, especially when, you know, we talked about it late last night too. the opportunity you had to get back into this division race and back into the AFC playoff picture. And, uh, with the schedule coming up four and four would have felt really, really good. And so that, that, that sucks. And yet you can still look at some of the things Will Levis did, I think, and feel an overall positive outlook on where the Titans are today compared to where they were a week ago before he played against uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, no doubt. Let's hear from uh, the Titans rookie quarterback, Will Levis post game after his first career interception and his first career loss. I mean, losing sucks, um, especially at this level, you know, it's just so hard to win games. And when you got an opportunity like that to win it at the end, it doesn't happen. It makes it feel a whole lot worse, but I mean, credit to them. They made the plays when they needed to, and we didn't uh, got to get back to work. Well, I saw you sitting there just kind of with your eyes closed. I don't know if you were reflecting on the game 
you know, just trying to replay in my mind a little bit some of the things that happened. And obviously, uh, the knee-jerk reactions are obviously a little different than once you go back and watch the tape. And things are usually not as bad as they seem, or if they're really good, they're not as good as they seem. So, um, you know, just trying to replay in the heat of the moment how I felt in that moment, what I could have done. But uh, just needed to take a couple breaths. What were the particular moments that came to mind, I guess? Uh, just the, the end of half and the end of game situations, uh, specifically just the end of the game. Um, a couple throws I missed here and there. A couple, you know, that last one just trying to make a play and how, how it could have turned out differently. I should maybe take a shot somewhere else, but uh, need to give him, give him a ball. One wanted Josh to climb the ladder for me and need to give him one to jump up and go get. So uh, didn't make the play. Going to do my best to make it next time. Yeah, I mean, no problems with any of that. I, You kind of see quarterbacks do one of two things. You, they either go on the super reflective, uh, my bad side of things, or they try not to get too down on themselves or the results of the games. I've covered both, uh, I think, fans. I think media. the Titans have had – the Titans have three different type of guys in on the roster at that position – in those spots. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, I mean, we're not that far removed from, you know, hey, we're blessed, right? <laughs> After exactly. a loss. I mean, it, it's very, very similar, right? And uh, then like, Tannehill talking about, like, you know, we I, I've been on Tannehill this season for using the word we instead of I too often in that spot, too. So three different right. versions of Titans quarterbacks. Yeah, right. Yeah, like you said, Ryan Tannehill very much a, you know, uh, acknowledging shortcomings without taking a ton of personal blame and saying like, well, we have to do better. We have to do better. It's very team centric. Uh, Malik doesn't like to look at things negatively at all. Even when things are horrible, it's just like, well, thank God I woke up this morning and played football. Um, Will Levis, I think my favorite of the three in approaches as far as a quarterback is concerned in just, I need to do better. Uh, and even when I don't think he was bad at all in this game, you can sense a level, a level of like dissatisfaction with, uh, you know, coming up short. Um, so good. I would say for Titans fans to, to have a guy that's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and, you know, it feels, feels personally motivated by coming up short. Yeah, uh, no doubt about that. All right, let's get the chat more involved. I see a lot of people commenting already as a long night, late night last night for a lot of Titans fans. Uh, but want to ask you guys this question. What's the biggest reason why the Titans lost to the Steelers? What is the biggest reason why the Tennessee Titans lost to the Steelers 20-16 to in Pittsburgh last night? So we'll get to your answers here uh, in a second. But first, Krebs Kubota. Uh, we're approaching that holiday season, and every guy is out there hoping they get that big fancy red bow on a badass piece of equipment. And Krebs Kubota uh, can help you make that dream come true uh, with the best equipment in the industry and the best brand in the industry with the Kubota line. Krebs Kubota is an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations in Middle Tennessee, Columbia, Franklin, and in Murfreesboro. Their website's KrebsKubota.com. It's a dang good-looking website, so go look for it. They've got all the equipment, the power units, and the implementations for you to achieve and accomplish every project you need to get done around your home, around your property, efficiently, safely, and cost-effectively. And Krebs Kubota is there for you to help serve you with the best customer service in the game that you'll find 
in Middle Tennessee. If you don't need to buy the equipment, no sweat. You can go out there and rent the equipment for that weekend project, whenever that is. So prepare yourself for the, the spring. Do it in the winter before it gets freezing. There's a lot of opportunities for projects right now. In the fall, KrebsKubota.com is where to go. Today's show powered by BetMGM. They're the king of sportsbooks, and you can use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM and get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You place your first wager, and even if you lose, whatever that wager is, you're getting that money back in the form of a bonus bet, a second chance to win big, and you can only do it with the king of sportsbooks and the bonus code ATOZ Sports. Uh, whatever your sports betting uh, pick is, whether it's NFL, college football, whatever, do it with BetMGM and the bonus code ATOZ Sports. Austin, uh, before we get into some of the chat here, want to transition to some super chats because Andre's in here with two different $5 super chats and says, so far, he is wrong on Will Levis. Uh, sadly, right about Traylon Burks. Bowen's defense has been bad, especially on third down, and Kelly found a way to ruin a good called game. Um, one, I love Andre taking accountability so far uh, wrong on Will Levis. He was very anti-Will Levis, but good to see that he's, uh, you know, starting to buy in a little bit more on the Titans' young quarterback. Uh, and, yeah, I do want to say, too, for all of the Tim Kelly's, like, criticism that's going around which is somewhat warranted for the decision making late in the game I cannot get over that that play call right now it still blows my mind I have had very few problems with Tim Kelly this year and I had very few problems with him last night up until the very end of the game now an important error um but Tim Kelly is a, I think overall has been a, a success of an experimented offensive coordinator thus far, yeah. given the roster he's has. I so. would say Tim Kelly is still a net positive. However, did come up short and had a bad sequence in a big moment. So we'll talk more about that sequence in the, in the play calls and the coaching decisions later in the show. We've got a full segment and a question for you guys specifically about two coaching decisions, <clears throat> then which one hurt the team the most or more, I guess, technically grammar. Correct. Yeah. There. So Sam, uh, well, I'll send you back to, you got more super chats. Uh, well, yeah, two more super chats oh, here okay. real quick that we can keep going. Andre says, uh, follows up saying his plans coming together. At least Levis showing he's the guy with this offensive line and wide receiver and third down defense. Uh, we could lose enough to potentially go for Marvin Harrison jr. Which is his plan here. He says positive. So, uh, uh I don't know where Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to go in the draft. I don't know where the Titans are going to be picking. Hi. I would say, Andre, I don't think they go wide receiver. I don't. I think I, there are bigger I, needs, especially on this offensive line right now, for the Titans to not go offensive line in the first round. That's my Bert, opinion of where things sat, sit right now. Do you have thoughts on that? I already have so many thoughts on how the Titans should prioritize their draft selections and their 90 ish million dollars of cap space. I do too. Uh, November 3rd on a Friday after losing to the Steelers is not the time for me to unleash my incredible currently half baked plan. But I do have like the foundation done for what the Titans yeah. offseason needs to be. I have some thoughts on it too. Um, and really all. All I would say is, I while it's exciting, I, I do not think putting all your eggs in the Marvin Harrison Jr. basket is necessarily the uh, 
the move right now for the Titans. You might have some bigger fish to fry. Then last super chat, Kane says, how does the team respond with Levis under center is his question next week. I think one question for Kane, like we'll see, is Will Levis under center next week? This is Mike Vrabel is still yet to commit to Will Levis as his long-term starter. Ryan Tannehill potentially returning with this like long week of recovery ahead before Tampa Bay. So is Levis playing, but uh, absolutely right. Trying to hold this thing together at three and five and see how the team continues to rally or not rally with Will Levis uh, leading them uh, is certainly something to watch for. Yeah, uh, I do see that. Before you get back to uh, the actual question that we asked, Kendall on YouTube says, your audience wants to know your thoughts on it. Like, I know, Kendall, like, but dude, we are 100 days from the Super Bowl today, which is kind of weird. And then we're also just under six months from the draft. So we got a lot of time to hash out this Titans plan. And honestly, and uh, Bork is making a joke, but the Titans need a first-round talent at tackle, corner, safety, inside linebacker, and receiver. I mean, yes, Bork's got it nailed right there. <laughs> that's, that's basically what they. Do. I don't. I don't know if he's joking. I, I think. I, I think, think he's joking with it. I mean, he's not. He's obviously you cannot get all of those things in yeah. uh, one draft or two drafts or three drafts or four drafts because I think he had like five first-round picks listed in that. But yeah, that's correct. They need those things. I think you can probably get away with not having a first round talent at inside linebacker. But other than that, yeah, <laughs> Bork is nailing it. So we'll talk about that uh, in the next six months. So uh, Sam to the chat, let's go to uh, what's the biggest reason why the Titans lost that game to the Steelers last night? Chucky says it was a winnable game. I know everybody's like talking draft and future and stuff. They had a chance to win the game. They had a three point lead at halftime. And got the ball to start the second half. So for sure. Yeah. Uh Chucky comes in and says it's coaching. Zoe's also on coaching. Hello Lady says no pass protection. Offensive line, lack of talent. Tim Kelly, the offensive line, the lack of defense, red zone offense, coaching, hands down, the defense, the O-line, the coaching, obviously, coaching, coaching, defense, run defense, secondary uh injuries. Defense, offensive line, offensive line. Can we pause for a second and kind of talk about the injuries? Because that definitely played a factor in the game because it wasn't just the O-line. Like Sean Murphy bunting going out with a thumb injury in the game. And I don't know if you caught this. On the Amazon broadcast, they said he was strong, questionable to return. What did that mean? Did you see that? Yes. When, When there was a injury designation, it was like, SMB, uh, Dillard, Skaronsky, and NPF, like all, and Brunskill, like all got hurt within like a five minute. I remember time the period. update. Yeah. And, 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 uh, Kaylee Hartung, who I miss on ESPN doing more sports and less whatever else she does, but Kaylee Hartung gave an update and it said SNB thumb strongly questionable or high, something like that. It was strongly questionable. And I was like, what is that? Maybe mean? that's their way of saying doubtful. I couldn't, I, I couldn't just strong questionable mean like he's more likely or less likely. I, I think I it's less being, likely to play. He's more questionable. questionable? So, yeah. More questionable. So that would mean he's doubtful. That's weird. Um, it was weird. Medium plus. Weird that he didn't said. play too. To and me. he didn't come back. Like, strong questionable. And he didn't come back. And Trey Avery. Who, dude, wait, when did he go down? I missed that. The way, I, I mean, was I, it? It was first half, second I mean, it was. Quarter, it had to be very early because I don't even remember seeing him out there. I, I, he, 
he was out there quite a bit early, obviously. And then he, cause he had the thumb injury like last right. week. He was dealing with the practice. thumb all week or the thump as the Titans. Yeah. As the typo that. happened, uh, which is the, the P and the B are nowhere near each other on the keyboard. So I just kind of thought that was, that was an autocorrect uh, yeah. is what happened. Thump to thumb. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. He didn't play often, but there you go. It, Trey Avery gave up, as we talked about in the post game show last night, the, the biggest play, uh, for any team in that game, the 32-yard catch uh, that down the sideline on third and eight. Uh, and that's a, a pretty – it was a great throw. It was a great play. Trey Avery was beat, but he tried to close, and it was just a good play by Johnson and a great throw by Pickett in a spot where Pickett didn't really make a lot of other plays. Yeah. Um, so injuries did matter. Uh, we got a lot of play calling, a lot of offensive lines, some people saying defense. Uh, the coordinators is what Andre's on. Run defense, O-line. Play calling from Chris, uh, defense and coaching from Trey. Uh, Darren says not enough good players. O-line is what Eric says. Run defense from Tin. Um, uh, pretty much three main responses, I think. Coaching, yeah. run defense, offensive line are, are like the main things that I'm seeing here, Austin. Yeah. So, um, Real quick, before I get to mine, Orlando says that Avery didn't turn around. And he wasn't in position to turn around. Yeah, I mean, he just got beat. <laughs> like, he was yeah. he was beat, and he was trying to recover. And when you're playing corner, when you're playing wide receiver or corner, whenever you look up for the football, your feet automatically slow down. That is mm -hmm. a that is a skill that players have to focus on and learn and, and work through on how to keep your feet full speed when you start looking up to track the football. And he wasn't in position. So you can't look up to track the football until you have an elbow in that receiver's vicinity. That's your time where you can say, I'm here, I'm in position, now I can look. That's how it's coached, and Trey Avery was beat, so he didn't have the ability to turn around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to the, the, to the answers from the chat. Three main responses, and quite honestly, I think all three of them are correct like I, I think you could make an argument for any of the three so i'm interested in seeing where you go austin uh because i have my own opinions but where do you feel like this game was was really lost yeah i mean my word last night on the post game show uh presented by our friends at the law offices of amanda j gentry was the margins right like the titans lost that game in the margins but that's kind of a cop-out answer for this specific question i think they lost it because they failed at situational football on both sides of the ball. And I think that's something that I know every football team at a, you know, I don't, I haven't been around high school football in a long time, but I would guess that in high school football, you're coaching up more situational football stuff these days than back when I was playing or covering high school football. But I know in college and especially at Titans practices, they are, all about situations and in, in every situation and making sure players are prepared. And they lost that game in situations, whether it was the third and longs that you got on defense and then you allowed Kenny Pickett and the Steelers to pick it up. They lost the game in situations where the margin of error is thin in the red zone. Both teams, Sam, had two trip or four trips to the red zone the Steelers score two touchdowns, kick two field goals. The Titans score one touchdown, kick three field goals. And so, yeah, Connor says to clarify, I mean, coaching. I mean, yes, yeah. I, like, 
I, I want to say Losing something situational more. situational football is usually a reflection of the coaching staff. Yeah, but yes, but it's also a part of execution. And so I just didn't want to say coaching because I think yeah. that, you know, you guys on the comments, like coaching is a great answer for y'all because y'all don't have the ability to explain and dive deeper into what your thoughts are because you're commenting. When I'm up here saying I want to be able to go a little bit more nuanced, and I think the Titans lost the game because they lost situations uh, that on both sides of the football. And, uh, you know, and also like, you know, the Titans don't have great special teams. That's also special teams or situational football. They got a field goal kicker and they got a great punter, but too many penalties on special teams too. They give up some field position and made things harder. Um, but, you know, situational football is why the Titans lost that game last night. So, uh, I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to go a little bit more direct um, and a little bit more decisive. And you it's saying wild. I'm indecisive? Uh-huh. Are you saying my answer was indecisive? Kind of. I mean, I think I think your answer is true, but I do think it does straddle a fence a little bit. Of like, no, is it straddling a fence? You're not, but you're like, I'm not going to blame the offense or the defense. You're just no, blaming I'm, the, I'm, the whole no, I'm, thing. I'm including. I'm not. I'm including everything. I'm including. Well, right, but that's like. I mean, it, that, but know, like the like the, the Titans the football game. How about clearly... this stat? How about this stat, Sam? The Pittsburgh Steelers are the first team in the Super Bowl era to be five and three but be outgained in yards in all eight games that's, this season. That is Isn't nuts. Stat. Like, because the, t- the Tennessee Titans gained yards. They moved the football. They made plays on the in the run game, in the pass game. They put the Steelers' defense in positions to commit penalties. But when they got in situations, they couldn't either get off the field, keep the Steelers out of the end zone, or get to the end zone themselves. And that's Mike Tomlin, though. And that, yeah. and like... And that's where I would say, like, I think your answer leans a little bit coaching. I I tend to... It is, it is coaching. I just wanted to get more detailed with it. So I'm not being indecisive. I'm yeah. just being more detailed, I think. Um. So, yeah, my answer is a little bit more direct, I would say. Like, I'm, that's I'm, fine. I'm particularly going to point at one particular group. And surprisingly, it is not the offensive line who... Got dominated. And the only reason it's not the offensive line to me is because this was almost expected. And I do think Will Levis overcame uh, some of the hardship created by the offensive line. And there are some injuries and some things going around. I look at this defensive line as the number one reason why the Titans lost this game. Because there is absolutely zero excuse for what we saw yesterday, Austin, zero sacks of Kenny Pickett, very few pressures of Kenny Pickett. They created zero turnovers. I don't remember them drawing a single holding call on the Steelers offensive line. I saw some that could have been called, probably should have been called, but yeah. That group was literally non-existent and you've paid Big Jeff and Harold Landry and Arden Key and Danico Autry, and you've invested resources, and where are they? They were so good against the Atlanta Falcons, and maybe it was the fact that they didn't recover very well from that game on a quick turnaround. They didn't win their one-on-one matchups. And so uh, here was a quote from Mike Vrabel after the game said, it wasn't about the offense. We've got to play better run defense, affect the quarterback, make tackles. Three things that you can point to this defensive line 
and some of the other, uh, you know, some of these linebackers and stuff too, and say you didn't do those things. The two Steelers running backs combined, 27 carries, 157 rushing yards, and a touchdown with multiple explosive runs along the way. The run defense, even with Pierre Tart out there, bad. Somebody asked us yesterday, why do I think the run defense is so bad? But, but, I've been... I want to I want to expand on that. So I you have the main. I've reason. got a lot of thoughts on okay. this, but like right, so, this is the group that I'm. All right, I'm that good. I like this. So Sam's got the main reason why the Titans' run defense struggled tonight, and I'm curious to see if it's any different uh, from the reason why they struggled a few weeks ago against the Colts when Zach Moss ate him up, and now you got some guy named Warren just bullying you through the middle of your defense. So we'll get to Sam's biggest reason why, main reason why the Titans run defense struggled. But first, Farm Bureau Health Plans is where you should go if you need that health coverage because nobody's got better health plans than Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years, and you should go check them out to see how you can save money on your health plan, but get better coverage. That is the best of both worlds. And we've got documented success from that. Zach Bingham uh, signed up with Farm Bureau Health Plans nearly three years ago and is getting better coverage and paying 20% less on his plan because he's working with Farm Bureau Health Plans. And that's not just because we work together at any, either. So Farm Bureau Health Plans can get help you get started today. Check them out at fbhp.com slash ATOZ for Farm Bureau Health Plans. Today's show powered by BetMGM. It's the king of sports books and use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM to get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, you place your first wager and whatever the amount is, even if your first bet loses, you get that amount back into your account in the form of a bonus bet with a second chance to win big. Whether you're betting on the NFL, college football, college basketball, or the NBA, which is in full swing now. Uh, make sure you're doing it with the bonus code ATOZ Sports, and you're doing it with the king of sportsbooks, betmgm.com. All right, so Sam, you're about to dive in. The main, the biggest reason why you think the Titans lost to the Steelers last night was the Titans' defensive line. So what is the main reason why they couldn't stop the run last night? They don't have enough talent. And that's weird to say, given the investments that they have made. And I love this comment from Darren earlier in the show. I've been saving it. The Titans have been trying to play bully ball all season. And they don't have the bullies. Hmm. And, and that, again, I it, it's weird to hear those words come out of my mouth, knowing who's there. And they do have some good players. But this group, as a unit, is not winning one-on-one. -on -one. They are not successful uh, of impacting a quarterback, of penetrating the opponent's offensive line, and stopping the run. I think Big Jeff has been very good. Uh, I think he is a very good football player. Tier Tart has flashed at times, has been irrelevant at other times, has been not on the field uh, at other times. I look at the the these edge rushers too. Harold Landry has had a couple sacks, hasn't done anything. Harold's uh, got four sacks this season. Four sacks, and some of them though have been like, well, they've come in. Well, he had he had two big ones. He had one against Herbert that saved that regulation to force overtime. I think he had the one against Lamar. I can't remember. Yeah, he had one on Lamar, but like... And it was Lamar a big play. Like, that was like, that forced a field goal. 
And then he had two against the uh, one against Lamar, though. He's had two sacks this year where it was like the quarterback, it was like a guy extending the play that he just like tackled. Yeah, but but they were both in the red zone. That's that's a big deal. They were sure, but it's both of those sacks against Herbert and Lamar were in the red zone. Relevant plays, but not relevant as far as like he won his one on one and got after the quarterback. It was made it made a good tackle at one point. So the two against Atlanta were him just whipping that right tackle. Yeah. Last week. He's done nothing against the run and very limited times has he won. Arden Key, I love the guy, hasn't shown up since week one. Non-existent. Uh, Danico he Autry, played well against the Falcons. Danico Autry has made a play back. here or there. I, I don't know how you could, like, yeah, everybody played well against the Falcons. And yet five out of the six games, this defensive line has been terrible. They, they don't impact the game enough. Big Jeff is on an island. You don't have enough talented players that win one-on-ones. You can only say after a game, we have to win our one-on-one matchups so many times before you go, maybe the players just aren't very good. Maybe the guys that are losing one-on-one matchups as highly paid defensive linemen just aren't that good. Maybe they're just not that guy. It's a tough realization because I was somebody who was very high on this group Coming into the season, I think in order for the Titans to win games, they need to be very good. It just hasn't been there. And like the fact that it's not just not affecting the quarterback, but you're getting run all over by a Steelers offense that cannot run the football. They suck at running the football. Najee Harris is looking like he's back at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Jalen Warren is, is like making dudes miss left and right. He's looking like fast Willie Parker out there. It's it's embarrassing right now for this Titans defensive line. There needs to be a lot of looking in the mirror uh, with that group. Uh, Mike Vrabel said it. I, I can put it up here one more time. We got to play better run defense, affect the quarterback, make tackles. And uh, I'm sure some of his rationale is they're just not doing their job. They're not staying in their rush lanes. They're not winning one-on-one matchups. But all of that is a problem. All right, Jacqueline says, speak that, Sam. Uh, let's see. I see um, another Sawyer says, uh, you're spot on, Sam. I saw somebody else talk about how you were spot on uh, with this. And, you know, you know, Sam just nailed it uh, right there from Duran. So I, I do think, look, is this defensive front maybe too specialized in third and longs? Like, and I'm about to go on a little, like, yeah, ty- uh, not tirade, tangent here. But Arden Key, Harold Landry, they are third and long edge rushers that are fast. Jeff is and Danico are great at the games that they play together on third and long where they're stunting and twisting and messing people up, but it's on third and long. They are they used to be good. Jeff had great. Been. Uh, Jeff is great at all times. Uh, yes. I don't want Jeff don't is absolved. Jeff yeah. absolved from this conversation. Big Jeff is a bully, and you mentioned they don't have bullies. Or He's, they have one bully. <laughs> they, I think Danico is a bully. Occasionally, I, yeah, so, inconsistent. Fair. Um, it's all connected, right? Because this Titans defense is still good. Like I, you know, they gave up 360 yards of total offense and only 20 points. Now the Steelers' offense is not good, and they were leaky in spots. But I think it's all connected. Yes, and I tweeted this last night, and I said it on our halftime and post game, I believe, that the t- the Steelers' running backs were getting those hidden yards 
by fighting through tackles and making what should have been a second and seven, a second and five by just their extra effort to fight through Titans tackles. And then they're doing the same thing on second down. And so now because the Titans run defense was a little bit leaky and Steelers running backs were fighting for extra yards, even their tight ends and receivers were fighting for those extra yards through tackles and falling forward to make that next down and distance that much easier for Kenny Pickett. And when Kenny Pickett, who's got uh, messed up ribs and is not very good to begin with and has a bad offensive line, is able to play in manageable down and distances, then he can be successful averaging five yards per attempt. Right? And why does he average five yards per attempt? Because the Titans' corners are not very good. Sean Murphy Bunting was out. Trey Avery was in. Now you're allowed to get rid of the ball quickly, which means Jeff, Autry, Landry, and Key in third and manageables are not able to affect the quarterback because it's all intertwined. Yeah. Right? I, like, that. that's, that's kind of it. Right. Uh, and that's part of why I have to look at that group for that game. Because I going into it, the fact that you were playing Kenny Pickett was like the one thing I was trying to hang my hat on of like, you, you can, you can do this. I know it's Pittsburgh. I know rookie quarterbacks don't win there. I know there's, this is a challenge. Kenny Pickett's not good and he's banged up and you can affect him. And, and when you don't I, do it, you bail bad offenses out. And here's another thing. I think Mike Tomlin's game plan was better than Mike Vrabel's game plan. Oh yeah. If Mitch, if Mitch, if healthy Mitch Trubisky was in there and Kenny Pickett couldn't go, do this, does the Steelers offense change a little bit and maybe it's not as quick, right? Because if, if you're the Steelers, you know Kenny Pickett's got bad ribs. You got to get the ball out. And they were doing that and running more often than they typically would have. I think if Trubisky's in there, it's probably more of the regular offense. It's not very good. Yeah. And I, so I, I, there's certainly something to that. I, I mean, and it's also like, you know, People are saying losing Schwartz is killing this defense. Like, I, yes, Jim Schwartz, I'm sure, has a positive impact on Shane Bowen. But I don't think Shane Bowen's a bad defensive coordinator. I think here's also reality, too. How many undrafted free agents are, are playing big-time snaps for this team? Yeah. You got yeah, Tier Tart I, that I think has graduated beyond undrafted free agent at this point in his career. But Jack Gibbons, Trey Avery, Eric Gare. Those three guys are getting cued on. Like those right. three I mean, guys. Three of your defensive starters last, like last night were, uh, you know, either year one or year two UDFAs. Uh, and so some of those guys have exceeded expectations uh, and turned into fine, fine football players uh, that you feel okay about. And, but it goes back to the talent thing. And then you've got guys like Terrell Edmonds and Elijah Molden starting at safety. And like, that's not, you know, Terrell Edmonds has been let go by a couple teams kind of for a reason. And, uh, you know, Elijah Molden is not bad, but still adjusting to his new position a little bit. And there, it's issues across the board. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think Shane Bowen's a bad defensive coordinator either. I just think, and this perhaps is the most concerning thing for a Titans fan right now is when we talk about that conversation, we hinted at of like, where do you look for your offseason resources? Well, there's an obvious hole on the offensive line, but like, it's not that easy anymore. You have to start considering like, what is your secondary? What is your defensive line with an aging Danico Autry and some of these pieces starting to shuffle? Like, 
uh, there's a lot of tough decisions to be made and a lot of holes to fill. And uh, Chandler had a, had a comment that I thought was interesting because you named off of the defensive front players that uh, you know are not living up to it outside of Jeff. Chandler says, where's Weaver? I was going to I'll I'll bring this up earlier. I'll answer it. Where's Weaver? He's giving up the edge. Like that's where Rashad Weaver is. Can, no, he's, he's on the bench. Yeah, but when he's in the game, he's constantly yeah. giving up the edge. Yeah, giving up the edge and then sitting on the bench because he gives up the edge. Yes. And I mean, that's an example of somebody who – um, had an impact last season as a result, probably of the dominance of Jeff and Danico and some of these other uh, defensive guys, but has not been good. Has just not been good. Not been good enough. Been very one-dimensional, one-trick pony, giving up the edge, not good against the run, isn't playing very often. Travis Gibson, uh, why I, I still am a fan of like that waiver claim for the Titans and what it potentially gave them for the risk. There was a reason the Bears cut him with, by the way, maybe the worst defensive line in football, the Chicago <laughs> Bears, and they still cut Travis Gibson. And the reason why, man can't stop the run. Uh, and so you've you've developed, like we said, a very one-dimensional uh, set of edge rushers. Edge, yeah. And now your defensive line, unless Jeff and Danico and Tier are absolutely blowing up uh, the opponent, you're giving up the edge and you're getting beat that way by a lot of teams in both the run and passing game. And so a game happens like last night where Danico's not all that effective. Uh, Tier's not all that effective and teams double team and chip help on Jeff as much as possible. And just like, you know, they sit, sit a fullback or a running back in there to pass pro on Jeff. You're giving Kenny Pickett a lot of time. And so that's where they're at as a defensive line right now. You need better edge play. All right. Uh, any more chats you want to get to? I know we got some super chats, but then we've also got, um, you know, a really good second conversation that we need that we can get to as well. Yeah, let's get into uh, some of the some of the super chats here. Ryan okay. says uh, he feels especially after last night, Dylan Raiden should be starting somewhere on the offensive line. Dylan Raiden's did play well last night uh, for what he was asked to do, and he bounced around to a couple different spots. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. The only problem with this, Ryan, is I don't think Dylan Radins Dylan Radins is better as a guard, and your best two offensive linemen are your two guards in Skaronsky and Daniel Brunskill, probably. Your most uh, your most consistent. Yeah. And so you're not gonna bench Skaronsky. You're not gonna bench Daniel Brunskill. You probably won't move either of them to a different position, even though I think a lot of Titans fans want Skaronsky at left tackle. Not something that's probably realistic for the Titans right now. The problem is Chris Hubbard was uh, such a, a linchpin for this offensive line at right tackle by just being consistent at right tackle um, and providing you uh, some depth and some some reliability there. Without him, this is a, a turnstile uh, at left tackle and right tackle right now. With NPF and Andre Dillard both struggling, you uh, sub in Jalen Duncan for a couple snaps. I didn't form an opinion on him in those couple snaps, but you know, they, he's a sixth yeah. round rookie that you don't necessarily have super high expectations for. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, so I don't know where that spot is for Dylan Radins. Uh, maybe it is a right tackle spot in the future. And you, you go NPF back to left tackle because you have to get Andre Dillard off the field. Yeah, you do. Uh, well, and then you hope Chris Hubbard gets back. Right. And so yeah. we can, we can discuss next week. We've got, you know, the mini buy that we can get into before the Tampa Bay game. So maybe we can have a couple conversations about who the Titans can get as their best five 
offensive lineman. You know, we don't know what's going on with NPF. He did not return to that game like right. Dillard and Brunskill and Skronsky did. So we'll have to figure out what's going on with that too. Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel says, is it smart running with Tannehill the rest of the year, knowing we have our franchise QB now? Consider the bad offensive line. Nathaniel's point here, I guess, you don't want to mess up Will Levis by, uh, you know, having him play behind the offensive line and take some shots. No. I would say no. Uh, I don't think that's smart. I think your rookie quarterback needs to play football uh, and needs to develop as much as possible. And the best way to develop somebody is is letting him play. So, um, you know, you got to be smart with him. You, you don't want, you know, if he is banged up in the slightest or not feeling great, uh, yeah, you do set him down, I think. I, I don't think he's somebody who's worth throwing out there just to throw out there unless it's a must-win game for the Titans. I do not think it's smart to just run with Tannehill uh, and bench Will Levis at this point. I think he needs yeah. to be out there. Right. Uh, absolutely agree with that. Any other super chats before we uh, slide here? Yeah, one more here. I remember the defensive lineman pre-Schwartz under Bowen. Uh, do you, Austin? I mean, pre-Schwartz under Bowen? I mean, 2019 and 2020, they had the worst third-down defense in the history of counting uh, third-down defense. I'm trying to remember the players on that team. I, I know Jeff was in his second year and coming on as a good player. Uh, Jarrell Casey was already gone. Landry was there. Um, I'm not exactly remembering who else was on the edge. That might have been, oh, that was the clowny Vic Beasley year. Uh, and then those two guys both were done mid-season. And so, yeah, a lot of moving pieces. But uh, that was a, absolutely a struggle to watch that defensive front. Uh, pre Schwartz, but I don't. That was also like when Mike Vrabel was not, Shane Bowen wasn't the defensive coordinator, he was the inside line, he was the outside linebackers coach who called plays on game days. So it's like, and I've been over this a lot is that when you're not the coordinator through the week of practice, it's hard to be a coordinator on game day because you're yeah. not being able to coach and look around and bounce around practices and meetings like you would be because you're coaching a position group. And so that was an admitted mistake from Vrabel after that season. And then Shane Bowen got the D coordinator title at the same time that Schwartz came in and things were better. Now they're not. I also saw a comment that I don't even know. I forget who said it, but it was a fair comment of Arden was never a full-time uh, player. Uh, Landry's coming off of an ACL. Autry's 33 years old and getting slower. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's the the perfect storm here, right? Uh, and somebody said, wanting me to clarify, unless it's a must win, what? Um, yeah, like my point is, if Will Levis is banged up, dealing with a little bit of something, uh, an ankle, a rib, or whatever, you, I think you sit him to protect him from uh, himself. The, offensive line and himself yeah. um but if you are you know eight and seven uh, you're eight late in the year and you need a win and will levis is slightly banged up then i'm more inclined to be like all right stick him out there he gives you the best chance to win that's what i meant if you need to win the game you stick with the quarterback that uh yeah so oh that's what jay said he thought i was talking about ryan Tannehill, but no that was what i was saying if will levis is banged up and you need to win you might still play him but other than that caution Yes. All right, Sam, let's get to our next conversation. There were two key coaching decisions in that Titans game. I want to know which Titans coaching decision hurt the team more. The end of the first half run 
on third down or the fourth quarter third down draw, both plays at Tajay Spears. I want to know which of these Titans coaching decisions hurt the team more. But first, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor, Aura, who is keeping my information safe online. It's pretty simple. Aura identifies data brokers who are profiting off of selling your information to telemarketers, spammers, and robocallers, and they will opt you out of those lists on your behalf without you lifting a finger. And Aura identified 30 data brokers doing that with my information. And in five or six days, poof, gone. 30 data brokers out of my life, no spam calls, less junk emails, less physical things in my mailbox to throw in the recycling bin immediately. And Aura is protecting my information ever since. And you can get a two-week free trial with our sponsor, Aura, by using our link, aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. It's two free weeks. You can get rid of the data brokers. Then there's a lot more you can use with Aura. Password management is big. We've all got passwords and we all forget which password goes to what sometimes. Aura helps you out with that. Once again, Aura.com slash A-T-O-Z for a two-week free trial. Today's show powered by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Use the bonus code A-T-O-Z sports uh, to get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, you place uh, that first wager and whatever that amount is, if your bet loses, it's back in your account in the form of a bonus bet. That's a second chance to win big with BetMGM. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports on the King of Sportsbooks and BetMGM.com. All right, Sam, I'll send you to the chat. Uh, the question we're asking which coaching decision hurt the Titans more in that game? The end of the second half, third and 10 run to Tajay Spears, or fourth quarter, third and four across midfield, the run to Tajay Spears, which was the play right before. Traylon Burks gets hurt on the deep ball. We went over that a lot last night, the post game show. Uh, Levis missed a wide open slanting Kyle Phillips, who most likely would have converted that fourth and four and then had some yards after the catch opportunity, uh, but chose to be aggressive and went deep to Burks. Burks to get hurt, gets hurt. Good news from last night, him, him getting back on the team bus. Uh, but which of these coaching decisions hurt the team more? Sam, I'll uh, have you go to the chat. Yeah, uh, we've got pretty unanimous in the chat with the fourth really? quarter draw is what a lot of Titans fans are saying. Caleb, Titans Kyle, J-Rome, Matt. Uh, we've got the Steven and Apollo and Billy. Uh, IR Hoshi says it's the three runs in a row. DeMarco's on there. Justin's on there. Bobby's on there. Connor's on there. Nick, Carpet King. Uh, Brad says end of game. Both too conservative in his opinion. Um, that's the criticism of that end of half is that you just kind of gave up and took your three points. Um, but yeah, it, it seems fairly unanimous from the okay. chat that that draw from Tajay Spears was the wrong call. And I have to say, I a hundred percent agree. And quite frankly, didn't have a problem with the other one. All right. Um, let's hear, let's hear Mike Vrabel's answer when Buck asked him about uh, the yeah. sequence before the end of the half, where uh, they did settle for a field goal, third and 10, kind of a, uh, you know, a give up play to set up Nick Folk for that field goal to go up 13-10. Felt like we uh, needed to, to, to secure points right there. Um, been through this before and other opportunities of third and 10, you know, down there where there's not a whole lot of space. And again, um, yeah, I don't, whether we should have, you know, I just, I just felt like getting the points right there was critical. And if we bust a run and they're, back and and great we break one um but just didn't figure you know that was that was good for us so having failed that in cleveland had a bearing on your 
not doing it tonight? Mm -mm. Well, I think you always try to learn from every experience. And, um, you know, felt like the way that it was going, that um, those points were going to be critical. Didn't want to, you know, put, put anybody in a situation, except especially the quarterback in his um, you know, second start on the road in this environment. And, you know, again, if it was you know, third and five and we felt like, you know, a little bit favorable down in distance. Yeah. So that's, that's the decision that we made. So uh, I don't have a problem with this. I actually think this is the right call from Mike Vrabel. Um, okay. And because you see, you know, Paul follows up asking him about Cleveland. Vrabel had alluded to it before that follow-up even. We saw in Cleveland on third and 10 with no timeouts, uh, Andre Dillard, the, uh, the drive killer, got, you know, pushed back into Ryan Tannehill by Miles Garrett, allowed a sack. You ended up coming away without points. Uh, and, you know, you had a nice drive that resulted in no points. And so this – There's a difference, though. There is a difference in those two situations. Why? The Titans, why the Titans had a timeout. It was third and 10, 25 seconds left. And they were, they were like borderline field goal range, though. They were on they? the 19-yard line. They were in the red zone. 19-yard line on third and 10 with one timeout left in 25 seconds. Look, I don't like the call. I hated it. I thought it was <sighs> way too conservative to give a, a Tajay Spears handoff on third and 10. Like I, I didn't realize I, they had a timeout. They that had a timeout switch, because they that started that switch. My perspective a little bit. I mean, I yeah. guess the, the other they alternate... called the timeout with three seconds left to trot Nick Folk out there to knock down the 36 yard field goal and to go to halftime at, at the time expiring. Yeah, because I mean, you give up a sack, it does make a longer field goal. But Nick Folk has given you no reason this year to think he couldn't connect from 45 if that's what you were asking him to do after taking a sack there. Um, I guess maybe uh, you don't want to you don't want to throw a pick, but like that's kind of on Will Levis, who uh, you have to be like, hey, don't throw a pick here, and he has to know it's better to take a sack, take your time out, and get points than it is to fit try and force something and end up coming up with a turnover. Uh, I think it, it it's a head coach who doesn't trust his team because of what he's seen in the past in a situation where it was like a, hey, nobody messed this up situation and uh, your offensive line completely messed it up. Where and Tannehill wanted... messed it up in Cleveland. That was huh? also on Tannehill. Tannehill messed it up in Cleveland yeah. because the previous play, he threw a pass to Tajay Spears that he had no business throwing. He should have thrown it away. Yeah. So, so... Uh, my, my point is I – I thought the decision to run Tajay on third and 10 was an overcorrection kind of like paranoid decision that the Titans made of not getting burned again, secure points. Like, sure. yes, yes. Secure points. Cause you get the ball to start the second half. Totally agree with that. But like you over, like you freaked yourself out. Like it was a, you freaked yourself out moment third and 10. I get it. Like, yeah, you don't want to do something stupid and throw a pick, but you can call play. Uh, that is set up for something. And if you get sacked, you get a timeout, you, you have a, a, some type of like combo route that can maybe get you an act. Cause you just 25 seconds left. Like if you get a first down inside the 10, yeah, you still have another you, you opportunity. Have time. It's not like you needed the end zone either. Right. Look, so I, that, I don't like it. I've shifted my opinion there. You've, you've convinced me here that this was not the right decision from Mike Vrabel and them. Uh, but nothing's worse than 
that draw play on third down and four, follow, following a run play on second and five, and not letting Will Levis play quarterback with the game on the line in plus territory. Um, so nothing uh, gets yeah, – nothing was worse than that. That was the worst decision. Um, I think it ends up, ended up being a decision that almost, you could say, cost them the game because that was your best chance of scoring points. For sure. All right. So I want to hear, uh, I want to play Mike. Mike Vrabel had an explanation of the third down by the way, in the fourth quarter too. Real quick, before you do that. Okay. This hasn't been talked about yet, but the, this idea of like, well, you were across plus territory. If you score a touchdown there, you take the lead. If the Titans kick a field goal on that drive and just pick up a first down and earn field goal range, then that last drive that they had before the two-minute warning is now a drive where you just need a field goal. Like, you could have done you, – you won the game in so many different ways simply by picking up a first down or two on that drive where you were across midfield with four-something to go. And the one have-to-have-at-time, you didn't let your quarterback, who had been you know carrying a bad offensive line, uh, make a play. It Bad. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't disagree at all. All right, so Sam, I've got the answer from Vrabel, but first tell everybody about the Bone and Joint Institute. The Bone and Joint Institute, they're the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. The Titans fumbled on a couple of their calls and decisions last night, but uh, you don't want to fumble on your recovery. So go to the Bone and Joint Institute out in Franklin with a state-of-the-art rehab facility to assist in your recovery. Everything is all under one roof and on the same campus at the Bone and Joint Institute. That is rehab, image, clinic, surgery, testing, all in the same spot. So you don't have to drive around Middle Tennessee to get to your different appointments. Uh, just go and see the good, reliable doctors over at Bone and Joint Institute. Uh, for all of the care that you need, don't fumble on your recovery. Schedule an appointment with them at boneandjointtn.org. And with BetMGM, not only can you win big with a first bet offer of ATOZ Sports with our bonus code, but you can also keep winning big uh, if you're an existing user with the sensational Same Game Parlay Plus with BetMGM. You can tackle any bet that allows you to combine multiple Same Game Parlays into one bet slip. So if you've got a couple games you're looking at this weekend in pro or college football, uh, you can go Same Game Parlay and, and add them together for even a bigger payout with BetMGM's Same Game Parlay Plus, now available on the BetMGM app, the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, tis the only new customer offer uh, and existing customer offer. All promotions, qualification, all requirements, rewards, issue, and bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days. And for problem game support, call Tennessee Redline 889-9789. So, Sam, uh, here is Mike Vrabel's answer to the fourth quarter, third and four draw. And I have a problem with the tendency the Titans have created. Four down territory. Uh, thought we may be, you know, again, we've had other opportunities where we've caught them in some third down defense, you know, slipped in. It just wasn't executed very well. And so, you know, I, I don't have an issue with, with, the, with the call. I, you know, I mean, knowing that we were going to go for it on fourth down, thought we may be able to slip, you know, one of the more elusive players – especially on our team, if not you know, throughout the league, having an opportunity to slip a run in there when maybe they're running up the field or they're pass rushing, didn't, didn't, didn't go that way. I mean, so a lot of certainly calls and performances and executions that, that can be um, second-guessed. And, you know, 
I told Timmy that you know, obviously it was four down. You know, that's the call that we made. Early decision. I, right there, you have Mike Vrabel saying, I told Tim it was four down territory, and that's the call we made. So here's what I think. The Titans have the tendency established that if they're going to go for it on fourth down and every Pittsburgh Steelers fan and player and employee and Titans fan, everybody watching on Amazon prime, they knew there was four down territory. It's the most obvious thing. Oh, four down territory, third and four. Yeah. Run this one. Cause you're going to go for it on fourth down. Right? Like that's predictable. And the Titans, and he said it right there. We've been in position before where they might be in third down defense and might be coming up the field and we can sneak a run past them. Well, not anymore because you've had the, the tendency is that you run on third down in those spots. So everybody knows it's fourth down territory and you do the most predictable third down decision in four down territory in a game where you don't give it to Levis to make a play who's been able to make plays and it's not even Derrick Henry. Um, yeah. The four down territory makes sense, but it doesn't change the fact that that was a wildly conservative series in order to get there, right? It, it was like the Titans were trying to do what they like to do, which is, can we get into third and manageable? Now can we get into fourth and manageable? Can we get this to a fourth and one? How about you just go get the first down? The best chance of getting the first down is with your quarterback. He was the reason your offense worked all night. Uh, your quarterback and Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry's off the field. Your quarterback's not touching the football. Those are two problems. So it, it was a wildly con it, thought might have been in the right place, right? We have four four downs to get this first down. I would say you've got four downs to go and get a significant gain that can put you in a position to go score a touchdown or get into field goal range. So it, I, it was training wheels on Will Levis uh, at the worst time. I, I don't. I don't like that justification either. I, I understand the thought process of four down territory, but there's no reason not to let Will Levis have play quarterback at all. That play call is even worse because never once on that series did Will Levis have an opportunity to make a play Out, like um, before well, on, fourth down. on fourth down. Right. But like now they're pinning their ears back and you've got basically one shot at the thing. So I, I, I have a lot of issues with it and, and uh, the situation of being four minutes to go and I got to have it, got to go get a touchdown scenario is different than third and four on a regular drive where you're like, Oh, maybe we can catch him napping with a Tajay Spears draw. The game is on the line. Don't take the ball out of your quarterback's hands. Yeah. Nobody's napping on fourth and four with the game on the line in the fourth quarter. And right. that was also like the snap, like that play ended, uh, I guess the third down snap, began with 304 on the clock. So it, the fourth down snap ended with 206 on the clock. So there was, you were right above the two minute warning to where that was in your opportunity to really make a big difference. And if you want to set your quarterback up to be successful, putting them as their only opportunity in that situation, in that down set of downs is fourth down <laughs> to do that. That's not the best way to set your quarterback up. Give your quarterback in his second game two chances to gain four yards, not a do or die chance to gain four yards. Right. Because he made the wrong. Because here's at the end of the day, Will Levis made tried to make the wrong play on fourth down. I don't that know if I true. agree with that anymore. Yes. 
<clears throat> what do you mean you don't agree with that? I understand, he, like, you look at the X's and O's, he had Kyle Phillips open, but what you have to make a split-second decision, and the situation that you just said, here's something important that you that you haven't accounted for, the time. 2.06 to go, that is the perfect time to take a do-or-die ball, because if you pick up a first down and you go past the two-minute warning, you are now in this is the game. You don't get it. Game is over. Uh, it, once you are past the two minute warning. So right before you hit that two minute warning on fourth down is the perfect time to say, F it, let's try a shot. If it hits or we draw a penalty, we're knocking on the door or we're in the end zone. And if it doesn't hit, we still have three timeouts and that two minute warning to do it. Taking something underneath changes I see what you're what, saying. I see what, what happens you're saying. there. But there, but you was fourth and four. You were in their territory. Fourth and four. It's you were still, in their territory. Right. But like, do you want to make, give yourself two drives at a potential touchdown or one drive? I want to take advantage touchdown. of getting the ball on the kickoff from a dumb penalty by the Steelers at midfield. Well, you should and, have done that on first through third down. Well, yeah, but the, they still got third and four is not a bad spot to be in. Like, Third and four is fine. Third and four but, is fine. Sure. Right. But fourth and four is okay. You know, if you second and it, five is even better. Right. So I still think he, he tried to make the wrong play in that, in that spot. I think Deandre Hopkins was absolutely the first read and Bork is right. You take the shot on third you down. Take that shot on third down, which is correct. The coaches yes. didn't let Will Levis take that shot on third yes. down. They ran the ball, which is why that thing is a, that, that play call. Cause on problem. fourth down, on fourth but down, still, I'm not taking a shot. That's a gamble. I'm not gambling on fourth down I in a great okay situation. Given the clock situation, ah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, it's not terrible. Like, I don't hate the logic behind it. I just disagree with it. Yeah, but because I think it's that's the third down play with three minutes left, rather than what you had. Because if you take it on third down and you it falls incomplete, then the clock stops, and now you get a fourth and four with a change of possession with. 250 on the clock and then you got three timeouts and a two minute warning to get a stop right that's yeah. that that's an even better on fourth down you have to be able to convert those four yards and keep it going because you still had your timeouts and and a fresh set of downs and if you go back and look kyle phillips was open and he had room to run they ran double slants on the right side uh d hop was the initial read it had to be double teamed double covered Phillips was sliding behind him on the backside slant and was wide open. You got to, if you're Levis, you got to look D hop backside to Phillips because of the down and distance. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things could have gone their way to change the outcome of the game. All right. A uh, quick transition to good news. Ain't that good news on a Friday. Let's hit it. Day, WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go to make them a part of your new car buying process. Uh, so go see our friend Payne Bone and his team in Lebanon. Save some money on that new ride. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Sam, I know you got a quick uh, turnaround. Mike Vrabel's press conference and, uh, at 1130, and you're going to be writing uh, some content for AtoZSports.com. So quick good news today. Uh, Denise says Rangers, the World Series champs. Uh, that's good news for Denise. Uh, I Apparently a couple... Uh, people on our uh, on on the A to Z sports payroll or Rangers fans that I learned about this playoff. So, uh, Sam, do you have it's good? All the Dallas guys, right? I mean, gotta be. No, none of the Dallas guys are actually both. Two oh. of 
two of our three Vols writers are Rangers fans. <laughs> and I know one of them's not Zach Reagan. So. Nope, it's not. So the other two. Uh, so uh, good news here on the show. Um, let's see. Uh, I see Zach Goodman says, good news, a local bakery in Chattanooga had his favorite cookies on sale. Uh, Connor says, good news, there's always next year. Uh, Nick says, good news, Malik Willis didn't play one snap. No special packages for a third-string quarterback. Uh, Clayton says, uh, leaving this afternoon for Knoxville for the game tomorrow, taking two sons for the first Vols game. Good one to do it at, homecoming. It should be fun. Uh, Steven says, good news, trust the tank. Uh, Jay says, good news, uh, Rangers champs indeed. Uh, and a Titans top draft pick still on the table for, uh, for Jay. Uh, Sam, what's your good news? My good news is kind of the spin zone of the bad news that has been uh, kind of just going on right now, which is just like things have been very, very busy. Very busy, and I'm excited. My good news is that this weekend should be a very chill weekend. Uh, and you mentioned it right now. I got a quick turnaround. I'm gonna be writing all day. I got Titans at two later this afternoon. I've still yet to get some of my post game articles out, so I'm loaded right now with, with things to do. But my good news is that like Sunday, I can just chill out on a Sunday for once. That is the benefit of having some uh, some Thursday night football. I'm excited to do that and just kind of uh you know. Have a nice downtime weekend. I haven't been to the, like, embarrassing. I think I've been to the gym, like, three times in the last, like, 11 days or something like that. Yeah. Like, it's just that things have started to get in the way, and I I need to get a couple days in a row here of some momentum back where I can go get a good lift in, get well-rested, and and chill out. Maybe watch a movie and take some, uh, you know, some chill time. So that's my good news. Sounds like uh, you're excited for the mini buy. That sounds like a buy week. I'm very excited for the mini buy for sure. There you go. So uh, more good news. Jeff says no bad football for 10 days. Uh, Fix it for you. Uh, Landon says good news. Will Levis is tough as nails. And uh, Nick says good news. I didn't get scolded this morning like he did last night on our postgame show. (laughs) Nick was was a lot quieter uh, this morning uh, than he was last night. Oh, man. Sam, my good news, excuse me, my weekend is not going to be chill. Uh, my next few weekends are not going to be chill uh, because my good news is back in September, uh, my wife and I bought a house uh, and then we closed on it in October doing some renovation work uh, and we move in three weeks. <laughs> so uh, not chill at all. So uh, we get to go pack up and take some stuff to Goodwill this weekend and pre-pack, then pack, then move. And so, uh, yeah, so good news is uh, – got the house secured and getting ready and excited to to take this next step. And so I tell you guys, because I've got, you know, you guys have been watching me for seven years right here. Right. So uh, the the look is going to change a little bit when I get the new home office set up that I'm very, very excited about. Yeah. Well, Bork says up plan, plan a wedding, Sam Uh, and Bork. That's a big reason why um, I haven't chilled a ton. Like my Saturdays are typically the chill day. And last couple of weeks I've been spending Saturdays doing wedding planning stuff that hurts my head more than anything I do at actual work does. Uh, so that, you know, I will at least have one day this weekend that I do not have a Titans game to cover or a Titans practice to cover. And I do not plan a wedding and I am pumped up for that day. I, I don't know if it's going to be Sunday or Saturday yet, but I'm, I'm excited for it. So uh, it depends on what you think the college football slate is compared to the NFL slate. So you need to decide. Anyway. Okay. Well then Sunday is your day yeah. to relax. So yeah. I pick watch, relax, watch NFL. Uh, yeah. Also a uh, mini good news, but I'm probably going to save it for next week's good news. 
college basketball is almost back. And Illinois beat number one Kansas in an exhibition. People are saying the Illini are a final four dark horse. Just yeah. saying. It, it, with with uh, the gag game was for none of the marbles. Hey, but it, it doesn't morale count. game. Morale <laughs> yeah. game. All right, Sam, you are going to be busy throughout the rest of the day because you're about to head to Mike Vrabel's press conference. And then you've got Titans at two coming up after the press conference with Sam. So Sam will be live this afternoon uh, reacting to what Vrabel had to say at his press conference coming up at 1130. But Titans at two, that's 2 p.m. Central with Sam presented by Dobert and Green Hills on Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. Sam, we'll see you uh, later on. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Make sure you hit that like button before you leave the show today. Please, the thumbs up button goes a long way for us on Facebook and on YouTube. And we'll see you guys. Sam, we'll see you later. I'll see you on Monday. Appreciate it as always.